Welcome to Education Talks, I'm David Burke. Cindy Adair is an accomplished international school senior leader, career counsellor and coach. She is currently serving as the assistant principal for professional learning at Bangkok Patana School, a place she has proudly called home for many years. In this interview we'll be discussing Cindy's journey to becoming a teacher, her role as assistant principal for professional learning and what makes Bangkok Patana School unique. We'll also explore her thoughts on the future of education, exciting projects in the works, and she'll also share her advice for anyone considering a move to a school in Thailand. Well, Cindy, welcome to Education Talks. Thanks so much for having me here at uh, your school. What a beautiful setting we're in here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is our amazing Thai Sala, which is the sort of heartbeat and centre of our school. Um, it's part of the original architecture from the site. And um, even though, as you can see, everything has sprung up around it, they've retained that and the amazing ponds and wildlife around it. And it's a real um, sort of centre point of our campus. We are very proud of it. Yeah, something to be proud of. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, now, how long have you, um, have you been here in Thailand and where's home? Um, so I've been in Thailand for 15 years now. I'm sort of part of the furniture, so to speak. Um, came out here in 2007. Um, home for me is it's, I'm classic expat. That's a tough question. Um, I have an Australian passport and a Kiwi passport. My parents are Kiwis who were living in Australia when I was born. Okay. So I've got the best of both worlds. I've got yeah. both passports. I did primary school in Australia secondary school in uh, New Zealand, back to uni in Australia. So I've, I've flicked back and forth through life. Um, and then I married a Fijian, so a little bit of Pacific culture in there as oh, well. Wow, so very international. Yes. You're quite a global citizen. Yeah, yeah, I like to think so. So when did you decide you wanted to become a teacher? Um, to be honest, I didn't come from a teaching background. It was not really a decision I took actively. Um, as a teenager, I loved all things to do with sports. I was a swimmer and a netballer predominantly, but I was involved in everything. Um, and so quite early on, I began coaching in sports clubs um, as a kind of junior helper outer. Mm -hmm. um, and I really loved being involved in coaching and I was very drawn to that. Um, and then I had the opportunity to go and study um, sports science and coaching in Australia um, at the Canberra University in a program that's linked to the Australian Institute of Sports. So my actual undergrad degree was in coaching science and I just threw myself into that. So it is a, it's a type of teaching, but it's, it's, it's linked but different. Um, and I pursued that, um, got my degree and then stayed on and worked at the AIS for eight years. Wow. Um, so really threw myself into that sort of sporting environment. Um, I met my husband uh, in about 2004 and he was living in the Fiji Islands. So then, because um, you're young and in love, we decided to go and live in Fiji. And uh, I rang up Fiji Swimming, who I'd done some volunteer work for in the past, and said, look, um, what if I came full time? Would you be able to, would you have a job for me? And um, they were wonderful. They kind of cobbled together this salary out of a little bit of grant money here and a bit of an agreement with the, to manage the National Aquatic Centre there and some sponsorship monies there. Um, and sort of put together a role for me. I was their first ever paid employee, mm -hmm. which is kind of wow. fun. So I went to Fiji and I managed the um, uh, Fiji Swimming sort of national program. That included things like establishing uh, talent ID pathways, coach education, national camps, uh, national Grand Prix series, and um, you know all of those sorts of things that uh, you know, a volunteer committee had not necessarily been able to do before. So it was really, really fun. I had a free slate. Um, and did that. Um, and then uh, in around, 
I want to say 2006, Fiji had a, quite a serious political coup, mm. and um, that affected uh, it affected my sense of safety as I moved around the country, and also it affected the the funding sources for the things mm. that sort of underpinned our, um, the job. And so at that time, my husband and I decided that we would um, leave Fiji. Um, and, you know, I was, I was getting those alerts on your phone mm. from the embassies and things. It's never a good <laughs> feeling. Um, so I literally went online, applied for all sorts of things, uh, jobs running swim schools back in Auckland and all sorts of things. And one of the jobs that was online at that time was the head of aquatics here at Bangkok Fashion School. Right. Keep in mind, I'd never been to Thailand before. My husband had not even been on a plane because wow. he's properly from yeah, Fiji. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we just took a punt. They took me to, uh, they flew me to Sydney for an interview. Um, uh, the head before our current head, lovely guy. We spent like two or three hours just chatting. Um, and then they offered me the job and we got on the plane and came to Thailand wow. sight unseen. So wow. I got really lucky because this yeah. is a fabulous place. Landed in paradise. I really did. Yeah. <laughs> I really did. So um, teaching was not an active step that I took. Mm. After being the head of aquatics, quite quickly I could see, you know, um, there's a lot to be learned here. Mm. I can learn from these educators. Um, and I started to incorporate a lot more educational theory into the way I coached mm -hmm. because obviously I wasn't doing elite sport anymore. I was doing mm. educational athletics, which is quite different. Yes. So the goal is to turn out great people mm. who hopefully keep swimming or running or playing basketball for the rest of their lives and go and join, you know, a team at uni or whatever like that. So it's a yeah. slightly different outcome. Yes. Um, and so I started to see, okay, I can have more of an impact. And then slowly over time, having been here, um, I did my PGCE. I did my master's in education just to gather that extra information um, and then just worked my way up and moved into the head of sport role and then now across to the professional learning role, which is always a role I had my eye on thinking, gee, that's really cool. Just yeah. being in charge of kind of nurturing the learning in the organization. Yeah. It's really exciting. It sounds like a really interesting role. Can you tell us a little bit about like what is yeah, involved? Yeah, sure. With? So my current role is called the assistant principal in charge of professional learning. It sits in, in the cross campus section of the school, which means that we work across both the primary and secondary school. Um, and my role really is to nurture a sense of learning and enthusiasm for professional learning among all of the staff. So that starts with their induction mm -hmm. with us. So I get to plan a really fun, exciting induction program for all the new staff, both to help them professionally and personally to settle into a new country. Um, and then after that, it's about sourcing great experts and speakers to come and work with us, yeah. hosting conferences, yeah. but also empowering our staff who have this amazing expertise. Yeah to kind of step forward and to share that expertise with each other and that's one of the really cool things here is that we've got lots of these little workshops happening all the time where it's just great teachers sharing what they do and like spreading spreading the love of it which i really enjoy i've seen a little bit of it on social media so yeah. sort of putting that out there yeah it's something social media is something i really enjoy personally and it's something that i think can be a really great vehicle for sharing what you're doing um you know, you can use it to celebrate your staff. Mm. So we make sure that, you know, if someone gets their master's degree, which is such an achievement, yeah. get their photo out there. If someone's presenting at a conference, share and celebrate that. It's also a really lovely way. Lots of our staff, you know, collect footage themselves of amazing learning and teaching that's happening in their classrooms. We can retweet that, we mm. can reshare mm. it so people can see some of the great stuff that's happening here. Um, and then of course we do a lot of hosting. So just building that wider community and getting people 
here to Patana so that we can learn together and make those connections. What would you say would be the things that make the school very unique? Um, well, I mean, first of all, you've got the, the really easy to see stuff, <laughs> like the beautiful facilities, this awesome campus. Um, we're obviously very well resourced. We're blessed in that way. We have a super supportive um, board and we're not for profit. Mm -hmm. So all of the fees that the students pay get poured back into yep. the learning and the resources. And I think that that's really, really important. Mm -hmm. um, but I think some of the things that make Patna unique are things you can't see. And one of the things that's really cool is that they've made, they've got a culture that achievement is cool. And that's yeah, hard to, yeah. to foster in kids, right? Yeah. Because that natural tall poppy thing is going to cut people down. Yes. But here, the cool kids are the ones who are smart, the ones who are in the sports teams and in the plays. And, you know, there's not this culture of like, dumb yourself down, mm. don't yeah. shine. You yeah. know, achievement is cool and it's really supported. Cool. Um, so that culture is exciting. Um, I think also there's just this constant striving for excellence that everyone is really on board with and wants to do. But, you know, you walk into different classrooms and I'm lucky in my role because I get to poke my nose into lots of different classrooms. And it doesn't matter whether it's down in our foundation stage or whether it's up in an IB classroom, you know, you, you don't see poor lessons. Yeah. You see really well-crafted lessons and people that have put a lot of time and effort into the teaching and learning and the approach they take. Um, and it shows. It shows in the results. It shows in the engagement of the kids. And I think yeah. that's that's like that special magic. Wow. Yeah. Something to be proud of. Yeah, I'm really proud of this school. I think it's a great place. Now, you're also a podcaster. You, I uh, am, I am. Like so, uh, yeah, so this year, one of the projects that we've taken on is to create an internal podcast here with the school. Um, and the idea was that we are a really big community. So there are 2,300 odd students here and we have about 500 staff. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the challenges in that kind of community is to really get to know each other. Mm -hmm. And so the purpose of the podcast really was just to um, create a little bit of a chance to get to know people at, at a deeper level that maybe you wouldn't touch on when you kind of wander past each other in the staff room or if you don't work in the same departments. I often joke with people, I'll pass them in the corridor and it's like, oh, I haven't seen you for ages. Like, yeah, we both got swallowed whole by Patna. And it's, it's true, you know, like you just, you come into your daily life and you've got your zone of the campus. I mean, it's, it's a full kilometre from our sports hall to our sports yeah, complex. Wow. So there are people that you don't always meet. So the purpose of the podcast was to kind of get together with key personalities in the school, have a really informal chat. Um, it's all focused on their journey as a teacher. So we ask about how they got into the profession, what's their worst day look like, what's their you know best day look like, what drives them, what's the biggest mistake they've ever made, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, we're hoping that by listening to these stories, we'll bring that greater sense of connection Sounds and people get to meet some of the cool teachers that we have. So Cindy are you working on anything at the moment that you're particularly excited about? Um, so one of the projects we're working on at the moment um, and it's not just me it's our whole kind of leadership team is we're trying to reimagine what our performance management could look like because for too long I think performance management and professional learning have been coupled together and you can see why it's kind of you know there's some some sense there but actually sometimes that means that there's a lack of trust and people don't feel safe to take those risks and become the truly amazing teachers they could because they're kind of scared of being assessed and, you know, same way as standardised testing doesn't necessarily work for every child. It's not going to work for every teacher. So we're doing some really great work at the moment about how to uncouple those, 
how to keep the rigor and accountability in what we do because we pride ourselves on being a fantastic school, but also create safe spaces where staff can really embrace um, learning, risk-taking, and, and really like take their teaching to the next level. So we're redesigning the way that we look at that cycle. Um, we're looking at renaming it um, professional growth mm -hmm. rather than anything to do yeah. with performance management. Yeah. Um, and we're just redesigning and reimagining what that could look like. And it's been a really interesting process. And there's some great research coming out about, you know, just keeping it simple. You know, some of the ideas we have is that people will um, spend the year working towards their targets and then at the end they'll produce a one-page summary of their professional growth that year mm -hmm. and share it with their team. Mm -hmm. I mean, how mm -hmm. simple and yeah. Clear as that, but you know, how powerful could that be? Yeah, yeah. And then over time, we could archive those and organize them into best practice so people can say, Oh, I'm going to be working on this this year. I really want to go deep into the way I question in my classroom or the way that I sequence and you can connect them with you know other people who've gone through that journey already. So, a bit geeky and a bit dorky, <laughs> but that kind of thing excites me. But I really like the idea of keeping it simple. Like, I yeah. do think sometimes we overcomplicate. We absolutely do. And I think that um, what's happened here is we've created some great systems and then we're a big school and we've grown and grown. And you know what it's like, systems get bigger and bigger mm. and bigger. So the opportunity to sometimes just take stock and go, let's yep. come back is so important for a big, big school like ours. Because if you add, 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 and you never just consolidate and say what's really important, yeah. then you can kind of end up getting a bit carried away. I mean, a, a mentor of mine often says, like, what should I stop doing mm. to make your job better? And, yeah. like, I think that's a really powerful question, just as important as, you know, what can I do to help you is what should I stop doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you see as the greatest opportunity for change and improvement in schools over the next few years? I think that post-COVID, we've got that really interesting conversation to have. So in a stretch of not very long, a couple of weeks, teachers absolutely upended their practice. So we went from an instructional model, we're in classrooms together with children. It was very much about the connection and all that sort of stuff. Technology augmented what we did, but it was, you know, an additional extra. And then within three weeks, whoosh, and the technology became the core of what we did and we all had to just it wasn't us all out taking courses externally it was just like help each other let's change this let's move it and we had to learn you know that analogy of learning while you fly the plane <laughs> it very much felt like that but over time mastery came and the product that we did was was good you know um and i think now as we go back to normal there's that really interesting conversation about what do we keep mm. What do we bring back that we used to have, that we love? And of course, that's that connection and the yeah. community building and all of that sort of stuff. But there was learning to be had. Mm -hmm. There were efficiencies that were found. Yeah. There were things where we went, you know what? That doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's do away with that. And yeah. I mean, one of the really interesting conversations is, is exams. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I know that's happening at way higher pay grades than me, um, not necessarily here, but all over the world. Yep. Um, you know, we didn't have formal exams for some of our mm -hmm. students. And were they better off? Were they worse off? Time will tell. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, I think there's going to be some really interesting longitudinal studies. But I think that we're in that unique kind of sweet spot where we can take stock and not necessarily just revert to 2018 yes i don't think it would be wise to do that um you know there were some great things like take something simple like parent teacher conferences yep. 
previously it was like a horrific speed dating thing, <laughs> you know, all in a room together and, and, and off you go through. And then during COVID, it became all online. Um, now, potentially there's a happy medium in there, but what we noticed is that a lot more dads could join us. Yeah for parent-teacher conferences because they're able to dial in even if they're working mm -hmm. abroad. Mm -hmm. And so dad would be on one screen, mum on the other, and it became more of a family conversation. So now we can do parent-teacher conferences where, yeah, we still might offer the face-to-face -face component, but we can have dad on a screen or mum on a screen if they're off working or yeah. they're not able to make that time. Yeah. So it's just about, you know, taking those little nuggets of learning yes. and not necessarily just going, oh, well, that was COVID times. So yep. We don't need that. Because actually what we achieved during that time it was tough yeah. and we wouldn't want to do it again. Mm -hmm. And not everybody had a great experience, mm -hmm. recognised that, of course, but there was learning. There were yep. some good things that happened yeah. in there. I think the parent-teacher thing is a great example because um, when we talk about using technology for the right purposes yes. or for a 10-minute discussion, yeah. you know, like it, it Absolutely perfect. the bill, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's more sustainable, less yeah. traffic going in yeah, and out, yeah. all of those sorts of things. But again, it enhances the connection and mm. that's what, you know, that's what we as educators are trying to do. Yeah. So, Cindy, for anyone watching this uh, who's uh, thinking about moving to Thailand or maybe are interviewing for a position in Thailand, what would be your advice? Obviously, go for it. <laughs> um, if you're anything like me, I didn't know that this whole circuit of international mm. education existed. And um, what I will say is that these schools are fabulously resourced. Um, the students here, they want to learn. Um, and you can really uh, have some great career progression. But at the same time, you can have a wonderful lifestyle. Mm. Thailand is a, a hub for travel. I've been lucky enough to, to travel all over Southeast Asia with my family. Um, my daughter gets the opportunity to go to this wonderful school um, and, you know, fabulous climate. Mm. You know, if you've got a bit of wanderlust or itchy feet, go for it. Yeah. You know, um, it's always time for an adventure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, if people are watching this and they want to get in touch with you, uh, how can they do that? Um, I'm active on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way. So look me up and drop me a message. Yeah, you might include it in the description. Um, but look, Cindy, it's been fantastic to have you on Education Talks. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me here at your wonderful school. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers. Education Talks is an Ed Events production for the Ed Events community. You can keep up to date with the development of the community by registering on the website at ed.events.